Hey team, I want to ask you this question. What's the most important training tool? What's the best training tool for young athletic people? The first tool that you must learn to use is your body. So early on in your life, I hope you were a crawler and a climber and a jumper and a hopper, a skipper, a leaper. And learning how to fall is also very important. All of these things should be accomplished with play, but in this day and age, with the way things are, we have to sign our kids up for this stuff. So hopefully you or your uh, child has had some type of basic physical play as a youngster. The sport of gymnastics comes to mind as a great foundation builder. And believe it or not, uh, sports like wrestling and football, contact sports, karate, judo, jiu-jitsu, where you're grabbing another human being and bracing yourself and learning how to, um, to show strength. And also it shows you uh, where your weaknesses are. Hopefully it's not too competitive or dangerous at a young age. Um, I see the evolution of athletes that have such backgrounds. I see them evolve quickly in the weight room. Okay, so body weight is first. I always tell every athlete or parent of an athlete, if you have a young kid under the age of, say, 11, 12 years old, look up, make sure you know how to master proper technique of squats, pistol squats, of push-ups, pull-ups, planks, lunges, more bodyweight squats, and squats of variety. Make sure that your body weight mastery is there, that it becomes almost like a warm-up. I have seen some kids do pistol squats, push-ups, and pull-ups for a warm-up period and are totally exhausted because it trains and it stimulates and it makes it, it's hard for them. Or I have lots of kids that do that as a warm-up and say, here we go, coach, let's, uh, let's go lift some weights. Oftentimes I get high school kids that have skipped that phase and suffer in the rack or on the bench or when they're lifting any uh, barbells of significance because they don't have a foundation. So the most important tool to learn is your own body as a youngster. The weight, the body weight matters. Hey, the other part of the body weight is what? Cardio, is jumping jacks, is running, is walking, is swimming, is biking. Get on a bike. You use your body for cardio. So learn how to use your body to get stronger. Learn how to use your body to work on your lungs as a youngster, playing sports, like playing the sport of basketball, is a phenomenal fitness. Uh, tennis is phenomenal for fi- uh, basic fitness. I remember uh, when the Notre Dame lineman coach came into our weight room at RBC and he looked at Quentin Nelson doing basketball practice and a big smile came on his face and he said, look, look, look. And as Quinton was doing a defensive slide or some uh, drill, he said, look, 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 there's his pass drop skill. 
And then there's this cardio, make the big guy run. Look for global fitness for your kids. So if they play a sport like basketball, hopefully the basketball coach makes them do push-ups and pistol squats and planks and the variety of body weight around their basketball practice. Body development's funny how some youth coaches uh, steer away from it because of the time commitment that it takes away from dribbling practice or shooting practice or uh, skill practice on the mat. Um, these factors cannot be avoided or left just to the fitness professional where, okay, he plays basketball Monday, Wednesday, Friday. He goes to the gym on Tuesday and Thursday and works with his strength coach, which oftentimes does work, but it's not optimal. We want these daily drills to become very easy for the kids so they are fit and resilient down the road. See, fitness has two um, two undeniable uh, reasons for being, why it's important. To the, fitness helps performance, but fitness also helps durability. So I now, when I go and talk to kids, when I talk to young kids especially who are looking to get into a more aggressive style of training, I always tell them that the, um, the, the weight room keeps you out of the doctor's office. The weight room will keep you out of the x-ray machines and the MRI tubes. Most of the time. Accidents happen. Sports, there's always accidents. But if you're prepared properly, your resilience and durability under tremendous stress and strain. You know, it's tournament time here in New Jersey. So uh, we... Uh, parents are always praying and hoping that, you know, our kid gets through another tournament unscathed without any injuries. And I pray that people understand that the the holistic approach to fitness where we're looking for performance. All the kids want to do better. They want to be on the record board. They want to get a medal. They want to be on the podium. Most kids. While deep down, us adults know that they need to develop this habit early in life. And that it will help their life's health. It will help their whole journey in life to have this healthy, taking care of your body mindset, body care, self-care mindset as a youngster. And then understanding how nutrition and sleep, how they, how they weave the blanket, so to speak. They're all in there working together to help build these young, healthy people. And then flip-flop. Take an old, unhealthy person who hasn't exercised, who's looking to get uh, look better in their bathing suit for the summer, when meanwhile, as a health practitioner, I'm trying to help them live a longer life. Some people have short-sighted goals. Goals are good. Goals are great. But the most important training tool, again, often for those out-of-shape older folks is the body weight first. Body weight isn't sexy. Body weight doesn't sell. You can get any body weight um, system online. Just don't overdo it. Don't hurt yourself doing too much. But uh, since it is body weight, it's very safe to do without a professional strength coach at your side. You know, the videos and, you know, the pandemic proved that, that there were some people out of shape pre-pandemic that got in shape because they were home doing their body weight conditioning, aerobics, et cetera, et cetera. Training tool, body weight. Now, 
Let's talk about the next phase. After a kid is up to 11, 12 years old, he's dotted the I's, he's crossed the T's, or she. And they're a very, they have a very good base of fitness all around. Strength, endurance, flexibility, power, agility, speed, body composition. All of those things tested, evaluated. You have a kid who doesn't get sick a lot. How's the immune system? You had a kid who doesn't get sick a lot. So now those kids are ready for strength and conditioning to get ready for high school. The middle school is the time to get ready for high school. And when I look at the skills that I have given so many successful kids have gone on to high school and then college and then some beyond that, but mostly to get kids ready for a healthy high school experience, powerlifting with a barbell is number one. Strongman activities with all the things like tires, sleds, sandbags, and ropes. Strongman activities, odd-shaped things. Um, Farmer's walks. Those type of things in the strongman family. Those are definitely on the hierarchy. And then once those are good, then you start teaching aggressive Olympic weightlifting to kids. What you see on TV, the aggressive cleans, clean and jerk, snatches, those are phenomenal for the advantage, especially the kids that want to play college sports. You want to get them um, into Olympic weightlifting, uh, you know, as early as freshman year in high school, maybe even earlier. I have some kids who are advanced and they benefit tremendously from the Olympic weightlifts sprinkled in with the powerlifting and the strongman. Don't deny yourself bodybuilding um, skills as well because there are some little skinny dudes that need to put on weight and skinny gals that need to put on weight. So extra hypertrophy or bodybuilding style of working out. Um, those skills also are important. But I think the top two that I look at um, to for kids to get good at first, especially if they don't have a ton of instruction, Powerlifting, get yourself a good powerlifting coach. Don't just do powerlifting programs, though. A lot of powerlifting coaches don't know how to infuse the powerlifts into a sport performance model. See, that's where I, um, I marvel sometimes at some high school strength coaches. All they do is, uh, is powerlifting, and I don't think it serves the, the, the kids well. I think really we can't say one or the other is the best. I know it's the combination of powerlifting, strongman, and Olympic weightlifting. Those are the top three, 100%. For me, the 30-year strength coach who has trained maybe 400 Division I kids over the years and thousands of D3 kids over the years and maybe way more than that, healthy high school kids have great high school careers and still work out and lift weights to this day. So those are the top three, powerlifting, strongman, Olympic weightlifting, if you have your high school age kid. Now, talk about fitness for people. Let's go from the, the high school age to 50 plus or out of shape. The out of shape people need to know how to do power cleans. No way. <laughs> However, I do see as I get older that bodybuilding protocols feel really, really good on my body. So I would say for a fitness client or for a fitness person that the best course of action is to utilize body weight, bodybuilding, powerlifting, 
and strongman. Did you hear me? Body weight, bodybuilding, powerlifting, and strongman. Oftentimes, the bodybuilding type work helps prepare the client for the confidence to do some powerlifting work. Because ultimately, you want to really get somebody's metabolism up. Barbell squats are the best thing in the world. But some of them aren't strong enough to even put a 45-pound bar on your back. If you're not, then you start by squatting with dumbbells and kettlebells along the bodybuilding style. See, you use the back squat, the deadlift, and the bench press in bodybuilding. All good bodybuilders do that. However, the the protocols, the way that programs are set up in bodybuilding are typically like this. Chest and triceps one day, back and biceps the next day, shoulders and legs the next day, then repeat the cycle. Whereas I, for fitness and sport performance, know that the best way to do um, your strength and conditioning is movement, whole body movement, two to three days a week. We're training the entire system, not just segmenting off bits and pieces. Bodybuilders uh, do have a lot of time on their hands. And I know that I've gotten uh, fantastic results uh, training kids hard two to three days a week um, without having a light day. If you train that teenager hard to medium um, a couple days a week in the full body system, it works tremendously well. And then they have time, time to do their homework, time to go to a speed class, a yoga class, get a massage, do things on their off-lifting days to help restore and recover. I like to train it hard and then recovery. That's why I have so much recovery equipment at my gym so the kids can, you know, beat themselves up on a Monday and then Tuesday come in and recharge the battery and build themselves back up and then repeat the process. Recovery being a very important component in progress. But this is about what are the best training tools, okay? The best training tools for strength and size I just went over. For athletes, they have to have those Olympic lifts. The athletes also need the plyometrics. The general population doesn't need those for fitness, So there's some things in common. I'll do a post on this on Instagram and compare and contrast the two styles because I work with both. I work with athletes and I work with um, out-of-shape adults who are now becoming in incredible shape. And I work with some incredibly conditioned adults um, that don't need to do plyometrics. Some like to, but you don't need to to become fit. Like, I don't need to do plyos anymore with a fake hip, but I sure like doing them every now and then because they're fun. And that's what this is about, too. The best tool for your uh, liver and innards is laughter. So we know that laughing helps health. It helps recovery. It helps performance. It helps mindset. Laughing and smiling and joy bring out the hormones in your body that help us as athletes. So make sure you laugh. That's a tool, a skill, learning how to laugh. Laugh at yourself. Sometimes all I got to do is look in the mirror at the scars on my head and look at all the uh, stories, <laughs> and, and, and I'm laughing at myself. You hear? I'm thinking about all the times I nearly uh, scalped myself with a bench press bar. I think of that and I laugh. Tools, tools for the trade. Body weight, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, Physio balls, medicine balls, all the machines in the world. There's so much, it can be overwhelming. 
That is why on my podcasts, I want to try to keep things simple and short, not a full hour of the morning. I'm going at the most a half hour until I bring on guests. And I will eventually. But tools, tools. You got to have tools to do well. You have to have the tools. What are the right tools? We're going over those today. For athletes and if you're the parent of an athlete. Do you need to lift weights? Absolutely you do. Do you need to stretch? We stretch what? We stretch our body weight. Do you need to stretch? Absolutely you do. 100%. That is a tool for health and performance. A muscle uh, that stretches farther in one direction will more forcefully contract in the other. So you want more power and you're really, really tight? Do a little stretch in the right way and you will be more powerful. Stretching is also a relaxation for me, and I try to teach the athletes and people that I train to spend five minutes of appreciation and relaxation on the floor before you leave the gym. Try never to but just be rushing out of the gym. Try to leave that five to seven cool down period. Let your muscles relax. Let them stretch and start recovering for the next day's work. Or for your next activity. You have a lot of like wrestlers that come here and lift weights and then they go to wrestling practice afterwards at the club. There are a lot of people that will come and uh, work out in the morning and they're preparing for their day as a mother or a father. Use your body weight to stretch and then learn yoga techniques. How to use blocks. Learn how to use straps the right way. Okay, so stretching. Again, tools, body weight. Use towels, use straps. Okay, get into it. Now, myofascial work. Everybody got to get on a foam roller at some time if you're an athlete or a human that doesn't want to be in pain constantly. You need to learn how to use lacrosse balls, tennis balls, golf balls, massage guns. I have a massage plate at my place. I have um, compression boots at my place. A lot of tools for myofascial work. But the good old foam roller, again, is self-reliant. I I like uh, a lot of this stuff to uh, fall upon the client, to be handling their business at home five minutes before you go to bed, getting on that uh, foam roller, or in the morning, getting on the foam roller. I have tons of foam rollers at the gym. We foam roll all the time. But again, a little bit of myofascial work. Everybody needs it. We all get tight. We all get little muscle knots and areas of impingement and soreness that can be easily eradicated with a foam roller or a lacrosse ball or uh, the peanut, the tennis balls. Thanks, Squat University. Thanks, Doc. That peanut is a lifesaver. Learn how to use those things. So we have strength training. We have cardio training. We have stretching. We have myofascial training. All of those things go into the puzzle that is fitness. So rather than just lifting weights six days a week and waiting for this magical metamorphosis to occur, if you're not spending time on the stretching, the myofascial, and the cardio, my, um, my thoughts are you're going to get hurt. Because here's the other thing that cardio does that a lot of people don't realize with weight training. The cardio-weight training relationship is a recovery relationship. The lymphatic drainage system is controlled by your heart and your lungs and air going in there. And the heartbeat controls it. 
So if you do heavy legs on a Monday, boy, I'm telling you, the best thing to do is get on that bike, go for a walk on a Tuesday, foam roll and stretch, and watch how much your day changes. So the cardio isn't necessarily to train you for a marathon. The cardio is for recovery, and also if you want to lose body fat, you can train low-intensity cardio, lose body fat, and not sacrifice the muscle. Now, if you go out and run um, five-minute miles successively, it might impact your muscle gain. Okay, high, uh, medium to high-intensity cardio for too long, too much endurance work can compromise the gain of size and strength and speed. And conversely, if you're an 800-meter person that likes bodybuilding or powerlifting in the off-season, careful not to, um, to train your endurance muscles to be like power muscles. Power muscles and endurance muscles act differently. It's all about the twitch thing, fast twitch versus slow twitch. Just know this. Know the activity you love and then speak to a scientist like me about how to make sure your activity patterns are matching up with your goals. I'm getting ready to train a, uh, a man whose dream is to be on the IPF stage and to be an IPF champion. It's his dream. He's 50, 59, 60 years old. And that's his dream. And he used to do marathons. And we had to make sure that we changed his program up. So understanding what you want to do and then scientifically back it up. All humans should have some kind of goal. All humans have something to strive for all the time. I'm striving for global fitness this year. My bench press, I'm sure won't suffer, but I'm not going to hone in on it like I did last summer for the world. Now it's global fitness, although bench will always be there because it's part of who I am. Makes me feel good, actually. (laughs) My shoulders feel better when I do a moderate bench press session. Not too heavy, not too light. Um, So if global fitness is what you're after, then a little bit of everything is better than a whole lot of one thing. Too many people out there want to give credit just to one exercise or one system. Here we go. I got a few minutes and I'm going to go over the systems that have influenced my style, my JM power system, okay? Linear periodization. I studied early. Med- Medvedev, Stone, O'Brien, Bill Kramer was a early influencer of mine. Dr. John Garhammer, an earlier influencer of mine. Dan Wathen, a lot of linear periodization. Then as I got older, reading a lot of Louis Simmons conjugate stuff stimulated a lot of thought process to me. But I didn't use the same PDs as his guys, and I didn't use all the crazy gear. They had gear that actually looked like robotics back in the day. The triple ply this, quadruple ply that, um, it wasn't me. You know, uh, that wasn't my style. But I learned from it, and I studied conjugate and figured out a way to do it. And a PED and equipment-free guy, uh, studying studying block, studying Joe Ken's The Tear System, his slow cooking method. Um, For older athletes, is a fantastic um, uh, way to approach things. 
Um, do I say mine is the best? Well, only right now I'm going to tell you this. If you come see me, I'll promise you the best possible experience and learning in person. Online is great coaching, but it's not the same juice as being together as humans. Find yourself a good coach within a day's drive and go once a month or twice a month or once a week. A good CSCS or an educated man who's dedicated his life or her life to helping people who have people who have stories, experience with their credentials. Because I have known some great coaches with lots of stories and lots of experience without credentials. And I have known some awful coaches who have the greatest credentials. Look for a meeting of the two. Look for a meeting of the two. And I don't know, coaching kids, I, I have some uh, great mentors and leaders for my son. And they're all educated, experienced, proven professionals. So that, that, is a, uh, that is a big one, to be able to take all this information and put it together for a program that works like you. Find a, a humanoid that you can get with. Have a system in place, a system of goals in place, and then get to work and love it. Love the work. I don't like to use the word grind, people, because grind um, – implies negativity, dull, boredom, dark grind, the daily grind. Weightlifting has never been a grind for me from the time I very first got my first weight set. Doing jumping jacks with Jack Lane when I was a kid was joy. Climbing trees was joy. Playing baseball was joy. Football joy. Basketball joy. Everything that I did as a kid was joy. So I Picking a career where I basically get to work out for a living and now do podcasts. Getting ready to write my newsletter. I'm getting in this, uh, in this world of sharing my, uh, myself more. I promise to do that this year. And the, again, the, the, the reality is, is way too much information and a lot of sexiness and definitiveness. Someone clearly says that squats don't work. They're too tough. Isn't, um, isn't good. Don't trust somebody that says that to you. Things that are bad, not sleeping eight hours is bad, very bad. Not drinking half of your body weight in fluid ounces of water is bad for kids. Bad skipping meals is bad. Eating lots of uh, chemicals and processed foods, preservatives is bad. Eating real food is bad, is good. Eating real food is good. Sleeping eight hours, good. You get it? There's no exercise on earth that I believe can be vilified unless it's taught to you by a moron or idiot that seems to fill Instagram and all the images on uh, the internet um, that you see on YouTube and all the self-proclaimed experts out there. There's a million of them giving bad advice on these things. But never say never. Every human being is different. Fortunately, I have experience with about 25 different sports. And every human, every kind of human has walked in through my door. Tall, short, fat, skinny, black, white, yellow, orange. No purple people yet. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying that my vast experience tells me globally to say, keep it simple, do it right, find, go and find a, a, a good exercise professional through the NSCA. You'll never miss if you go through the NSCA. Um, it is the oldest and most trusted and most professional organization of strength coaches and fitness professionals. Um, if in the private sector you're looking to find a coach for your kid, it's very hard to do. Don't just trust your neighbor that has weights in his garage. Your kids are worth more than that. I love you. I am here. I am here for questions. Soon I'm going to get this forum going and um, let's go. The best tool, <laughs> it's you, it's your brain. Hopefully you've listened and you learned something. And until the next time, may the JM power be with you.